Coming up, the very special return of me. I'm back, baby. We're next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we are launching a new election podcast that launches on Monday, actually. It is called Somebody's Gotta Win. It is hosted by Tara Palmieri. We are doing it with our friends from Puck. If you remember, we combined on Puck for Matt Bellany's excellent podcast, The Town. So this is our second attempt to collaborate on something that we feel like can be pretty great. Uh, we're covering the election. This is not a political podcast. This is what's going on with the machine of the election, all the machinations that come with it, all the spin, the candidates. We're just kind of trying to look at this from almost like a sports lens. Who's winning? Why are they winning? What's happening? What did this mean? Who came out of that debate? What's the spin going to be? Who's ascending? What do you expect next? And Tara's great. So I can't wait to uh, to hear her first couple podcasts. And uh, we're diving into it. So there you go. It is called Somebody's Gotta Win. You can find it on all platforms. Also, the rewatchables coming tomorrow night, Monday night. And we're doing another 1999 movie. So that's your hint. And then after that, we're going to move into... Um, 21st century for a couple episodes. I'm very excited about the September rewatchable slate, by the way. If you missed it, when I was off on break, we posted a bunch of rewatchable podcasts, the full videos on YouTube. You can find those at youtube.com slash Bill Simmons. We also put a video from this podcast on. We're spending a little more time working on the video side of things because people like it. So there you go. Uh, last but not least, I hope you got to check out Destination NBA the documentary we did about the G League. We spent a year with the G League crew and kind of honed in on five people that we really liked, including Gabe York, who was on this podcast a couple weeks ago. And uh, the feedback I've just gotten from people about this doc, people just really seem to love it. And the big issue we've had, you know, battling against a whole bunch of content that's out there right now. And the fact that there's been a lot of sports documentaries over the last I don't know, four or five years that have been pretty disappointing or they they're, they're feel like infomercials or 
you know, autobiographies instead of biographies, stuff like that. And it's a little harder to cut through and win people over with a sports doc than I think it used to be. In this case, like, I think this is a really good doc and I will, I'll plant my flag on that one. And if you give it a chance, I think you'll like it. So you can find it on Prime Video. And um, especially as we head toward training camp, there's a couple of the people involved that will, you know, be trying to make rosters and you can root for them vicariously. And then Scoot Henderson's in it as well, who could end up being the rookie of the year. So please go check this out because I'm really proud of the stock and I think, uh, I think it's a good one. So there you go. Coming up on this podcast, the Comeback Podcast, you know, I was gone for five weeks. Didn't really miss that much. There was only a few times where I was like, oh, I wish I had a pod. It would be fun to talk about this one. But we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of basketball stuff, some football and some half-baked ideas with Kevin Wilds and Dave Jacoby, two of my, uh, two of my long-timers. So that is next. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. <laughs> All right, we are taping this a little after 11 o'clock Pacific time in the morning. Just watch Team USA come back and beat Germany. We knew we were going to talk about Team USA in this podcast. Didn't expect it to be so soon. Dave Jacoby is here. Kevin Wilds is here. I'm going to start here, guys. I really like watching this USA team. You know, we've these guys have been in our lives now since really, I mean, when I was in college, I remember the 1988 debacle, but really 92 is when we really started putting thought into how we put the teams together. So we have, this is a fourth decade of what do we do? What works? What doesn't work? What kind of player works? And you see some of the guys on this team, Halliburton and Reeves come in. They're great. They can't basically take them off the court in crunch time, but it, it just feels like we're learning Jacoby from the history of all the mistakes we've made over the years with who we pick. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. It, it, these are not the best basketball players that are available to be on the men's national team. And that's pretty clear. But what they've chosen is they've chosen players. They're like just about to leap into elite top 10 players. Like the, mm. like, like we're about on the fringe, like Macau bridges. Like you're now going to lead the nets, Anthony Edwards. You're now going to lead the Timberwolves, Jalen Brunson, you lead the Knicks. And they, they've chosen players that are really interesting part of their career where they're on the rise and they're not at their peak. But they've got something to play for. Or the for flip and side, the Bobby Portis, the Bobby Portis. Like I've already had my run. I have a ring. I'm just happy to be here and be a vet. Yes, but like you know, he doesn't see the floor very often. Let's be honest. No, but he's out there at least. Mm -hmm. uh, Wilds, what's your favorite thing about this team? Anthony Edwards. It okay. felt like Anthony Edwards had. He already is a superstar, but it felt like he was the dominant player. And I haven't watched every game, but it felt like he was the dominant player there. That. He brings the ball up the court. He's taken even desperation threes with like the shot clock running down. It's like, this is my ball. He's making good passes. I thought it was, I think Anthony Edwards, I put it on Twitter. Like, what's his ceiling next year? Is he top? Eight, eight, could he be the eighth best player in the league? I thought you were going to go with ceiling. I thought you were going to say, what's Minnesota's ceiling? I thought you were mm. going to have that conversation. Oh, I think Minnesota's just... They, uh, well, they threw some haymakers at Denver. 
They probably one, gave Denver the best series of all the. Man, they, those games were pretty good. Like they did a decent know. job on Jokic. I don't know. I'm yeah. excited about it. Overtime. Won one game. Uh, no, but <laughs> Come on. I think Anthony Edwards could be the eighth best player. I guess. But he looks great. Could he, he be? Yeah. Awesome. Could he be top ten? Well, it's interesting. So they put together this team and they're trying to do like a blueprint of guys that have worked in the old teams, right? So they go and they tell Ingram, like, "You're our Carbello. You're not going to oh. have the ball." Play off the ball. You're just going to be heat check three point score. Uh, the Brunson, you're going to be our captain. You're like our Chris Paul guy. And then Edwards, I don't know if they said this to him, but they're basically like, you're going to be the Jordan Kobe Wade yes. of this team. Like this mm-hmm. is your spot. You were here, Jacobs. Did you feel like he was ready for this? Because he certainly seems like he thinks he was. Ready. Yeah, I feel like he's ready for this. I feel like he loves the opportunity, and I feel like we'll get to the Timberwolves conversation in a second. But it's almost watching him do this. You're like. The Timberwolves are doing a little bit of a disservice to Anthony Edwards by the way that they run their offense and structured their team. We can talk about that in a second, but I think one name that needs to be mentioned is Jaron Jackson Jr. Because uh, I I think I would would make the case that he was more important to that win than Edwards. I would only do it in a sort of sports debate kind of a way. But like he had five blocks on like the first nine possessions. You know what I mean? Like he really did. Like, like, Like he made it very difficult for the German team to drive and score. And then he discouraged them from doing so moving forward. It's not always the the amount of blocks that a player has. It's how they affect the game moving forward by establishing their blocks early. Well, this is the thing we learned over the last 30 plus years where it's like, gotta get, gotta have centers, gotta have big guys. And it's like, no, actually this is international game. You need like the Chris Bosh type or like in 2012, Mm -hmm. it was Kevin Love. You need like, spacing on offense, a rebounder and a rim protector. And we never totally had the perfect version of all the things you need. And I, I got to say Triple J. And if you read all this stuff, even during the practices and stuff, people were, were going, this guy's kind of dominant. This guy, like if you're looking for leaps, this might be the dude. And he's kind of the prototypical perfect Team USA 5. Did this change your Memphis thoughts wilds we have no Ooh. idea where we're getting with john Morant, but i like that are we opening the door for are we sure john Morant is even the best grizzly okay jaw is still the best grizzly even though he's going to play half the games um triple j was defensive player of the year so i don't know how much higher he can go maybe he'll win back to back also did you see the not to go back to switch the topic go back to my anthony edwards take but there was a clip that came out of practice where anthony edwards dunked on uh, Triple J, and he's and he said, "Jump, aren't aren't you the defensive player of the year?" So I'm giving Ooh. all of all of uh, Jaron Jackson's good defense. I'm giving ten percent of that to Anthony Edwards lighting a fire underneath him. In, oh, a, a, I like in this. the in the Kobe Jordan role, inspiring teammates, getting them fired up. Jacobs, you were the guy who created the concept of the trust triangle. Mm. That if there's three people, one person is going to trust one of the other two more than the second person. I didn't even know. And you have to, you don't know the trust triangle? Because you're involved, you're involved in so many of my trust triangles. I don't trust you with the theory. Fair. Oh, that's, that's why I see he trusts me more. Um, Exactly. But Hmm. the, the, the cousin of the trust triangle is the trust, by the way, the trust triangle is great with wives and girlfriends and their friends and just who who they trust more when they're giving information. Me, can I just oh, explain it quickly? That? Let she me just explain you. it quickly, Bill. Let me explain yeah. the trust triangle quickly. If there are three people and there's a secret and there are lines drawn between each of those people and the thickness of those lines represents the strength of the relationship. If you share a secret with someone 
and say, don't tell the other person, but their line is thicker, they will tell. The people with the strongest relationship always share the information if the information comes from a weaker relationship. That's the trust triangle. Right. So me, Fantasy, and Chris Ryan, I just know that those guys trust each other more than me. Exactly. I just don't tell them anything. anything I just you tell them and say, don't say, don't tell yeah, Chris. I'm not gonna be like, hey, going to Chris, tell Chris. Don't tell Sean this because he's going to tell him. So yes, I just, exactly. I just basically keep everything secret. So a cousin of the trust triangle, the trust circle. And I was thinking about this during the game because I've watched a lot of Team USA. Uh, I just love international basketball, as anyone who's heard this podcast. And I'm always thinking like, all right, what's our best five? I know we're starting this. I know they're trying to establish Jalen Brunson, but what's our best five? And I have the receipts. I have texts where I'm like, our best five, Halliburton okay. has to be out there. Mm. Edwards, Bridges, Austin Reeves has to be out there and Triple J. And it's like, at some point, they're going to realize that's the five. And then in this Germany game, that was the five. That's, I think, Jacob's the trust circle. That Steve Kerr. Now, what's weird is they built this a lot of this team I around think they Brunson. Want Brunson. He's the captain. They want him out there. Yeah, he's our guy. He's hit Halliburton hit. I mean, it was Reeves and Halliburton. They were down fourteen, and Reeves and Halliburton shot them back into the game, like in three possessions. So I think it was this particular game they ended with that finishing five. But I think Steve Kerr wants Brunson in for Reeves in that finishing five. Yeah, but here's the problem: Wilds, NBA basketball, a little different than international basketball. That mm-hmm. point guard spot, I, you can't be a defensive liability. You saw Schroeder like kind of work in Brunson a little bit in the first half of that game. Um, same thing for Brandon Ingram. It's like, we want you to be our Carmelo. Well, um, he's not used to playing with the ball without the ball. And I'm not sure about his defense. So when you move into that trust triangle, it's like Reeves is like perfect for international basketball because he can barrel in. He has that little stop and stop and pop at the, on the top of the key. He's yep. trying to get contact. He can open threes. And then Halliburton's great because, I look, I'm not comparing him to LeBron. But LeBron's... <laughs> just having to start there. <laughs> but one of the reasons LeBron was such an unbelievable Olympic basketball player was he, he was like Swiss Army Knife guy in the Olympic team, right? It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, we need a four. Oh, LeBron, can you play point? Hey, can you do this? Halliburton's cool because he can he can play basically three positions and he doesn't necessarily need the ball. Whereas Brunson, you know, you kind of have to build the team around Brunson. So Brunson's in a great spot on the Knicks where it's like, ah, we need we need your moxie, we need your experience, and you have the ball all the time. But on this team, I, we kind of have Anthony Edwards for the I need the ball guy, right? So I, yeah. I feel like he's a casualty of the Edwards era. But don't you think Jalen Brunson, if if you know, stuff hits the fan. Jalen Brunson could be a calming influence as well. And then granted, sure. they were down at the 16 and that they, they can't, Anthony Edwards brought him back. But I think, I think Jalen Brunson's just like this nice, savvy veteran leader in the locker room. I still, I still just love Jalen Brunson. He's a veteran backup point guard on this team. Like those, very, but he's like fine Chris with that. Paul that's like that. true. Yeah. That's like true leadership. He's like, sure, I will do that. He start, he started the game, didn't he? He did, he but finish. I, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. So my trust circle, Jacobs, Triple J, Bridges, Halberton, Reeves, Edwards, Brunson coming off the bench. I like Kessler on this team. I'm wondering if he's going to play more. Oh my god! As no, no. as the tournament goes, just I'll from answer that a, question, like, no. <laughs> you you think no? I just no. I don't know. I like his shot blocking, and then they need somebody from Ingram's Cam Ingram Cam Johnson, one of those guys, like a a three-point shooter with size to be a heat mm-hmm. check guy. Whoever That'll that be is. Ingram. 
That's angry. And then, like, I will we see Bobby Porter, Josh Hart, people like that? I don't know. But the big story from this team, for the people catching up, is this feels like a moment for Edwards. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. something, something's happening. It reminded me in 2010 when Durant, I forget where they had the Team USA, and they they didn't, like, nobody wanted to play, and it ended up kind of being KD's team, even though it was young KD, had been in the league, I think, three years. And it kind of, all of a sudden, it kind of became KD's team. Mm-hmm. And KD had this moment in 2010, and we all kind of looked at each other. I think I even wrote about it back when my fingers worked. And we were like, oh, okay, this is going to happen now. And then it happened. And within two years, he was in the finals. I, I, it's not unrealistic to think that might be the case for Edwards down the road here. Can I, can I also bring up, like, this game was too interesting to really just have a thought exercise during it. But the thing I like most about USA basketball is when you look back, like, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Like, yeah, we really started hanging out during the Olympics, and we started kicking it around. Mm. Wouldn't it be mm. great if we played together? And I think it was KD and Draymond. I think there's stories of them cementing their relationship during the Olympics. So if you look around, like, huh? Who really sort of is vibing really well with someone else? Who's a free agent? Who do you think it wants to team up out of this team? Like, you know what? Why don't you come to Minnesota? Is Wiles doing aggregate or clickbait right now? No, this is great. I mean, everybody watches. We all know the history of this phenomenon. The teams, oh, they got really close playing for Team USA. And then, whoops, now they're on the same team. So who are you guys? So Halliburton, Edwards, and Reeves just all showing up in LA in like three years? (laughs) Anthony, I don't know if that's the trio. I don't know if that's the trio, but there be could there could be some like, listen, you know, the jaw thing's kind of going went left, and Jaron Jackson Jr. feels like he's got championship potential, and like, and he built a really good relationship with uh, Josh Hart, and uh, next thing you know, he's on the Knicks. Like something like that could happen. I'm not saying that particular move, obviously, but I would if I'm pitching someone and watching these games, that's like sort of like I don't really watch international basketball. Is this team is super fun to watch? And the competition, they're level with the competition. This isn't like the Olympics where they're going to run through the, the whole thing and maybe they'll be tested once or twice. Like they've been down in multiple games. These are close games with notable good basketball players on both sides of the ball. And they're, it's good basketball. Like this is fun basketball to watch. And second level would be the Kevin level is I kind of watch this the same way I watch preseason football or college basketball. Sort of like what or summer league, like what, how is this going to translate to the league? How is this going to change the NBA? Like is Anthony Edwards now going to be a star who, what relationships are going to be formed in this trip in this month that could potentially change the landscape of the NBA. And I would say that if you're not watching, those are two reasons you should watch. Jacobs, you're preaching in the choir. I think I overrated international basketball, probably more than anybody with a platform. I fucking love it. I like watching it. (laughs) I like seeing who ascends and whose game is like, oh, this guy makes sense because he's getting 20 shots a game on this 500 team. But mm-hmm. now that we're actually playing basketball and there's a different pace to it and you got to know how to play without the ball. And, you know, even Paolo missing those free throws in the game today, it's like, all right, I'm filing that one away. Like he choked on two free throws with four minutes left. It's like he's 20 years old. I'm filing that one away for, you know, two weeks from now if we're in the semifinals game and we're down to France with five minutes left. And do it, do I want Paolo out there? Cause he looked nervous shooting those free throws. So they, there's a little bit of a who's ready for this. 
Hmm. Who's who's been in in high pressure situations? That's why Reeves was such a great add to this. Reeves was in, you know, some really, really, really high level, high intensity playoff games, and they were playing playoff games down the stretch, just trying to get in the playoffs. So somebody like that, Halliburton, somebody we've never seen in this situation. He looks totally comfortable. Wilds, I I don't feel like I overrate this stuff. No, it, you're doing you're doing a fantastic job. Don't forget, I also thank just, you five percent of it. I also like to see like Dennis, like Dennis Schroeder just cook. He didn't play great yep. this game, but it's like, you know, going back right. to Carlos Arroyo, like, whoa, Carlos Arroyo, like <laughs> hangs 35 on us. So just the Juan the, Carlos Navarro. Oh, he just, he was another one. Just crushed. That's why I want Jose Alvarado didn't play the other day. I was like, oh, here's Jose Alvarado's moment, but he didn't play. Right. Uh, well, here's um, speaking of that, th- another thing in this game, granted it was one game, but. There was a stretch there where Franz looked like the best guy on the court. Yeah, and then he went ice cold for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, oh, he Franz is looking comfortable. But it is, the these countries, it's so different than where we were in 1992 where it was like, oh, that team has Tony Kukoc. I've heard of him. The Bulls drafted mm-hmm. him too. Now you watch these. It's like, oh, there's Daniel Tice. Like, he played big minutes in the Eastern Conference Finals three years ago. Like, he's not, you know, the league is super deep. He doesn't play that much in the NBA, but he's at least a real guy. Can I ask you a quick rules thing, Bill? Do you like yeah. taking the ball off the rim? I love it. I, I that would be a rule yeah. I would add to the NBA right now. I just love it. It's 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 one of those rules where if someone says it to you, you think it's going to have a dramatic impact on like the run of play, but it really doesn't change the game that much. It's not as significant as you would think. If you, if you told me like Rudy Gobert can just jump up and grab it the second it touches the rim, I'd be like, wow, this is really going to change basketball. But then it, it comes into play like four times over the course I of the like game. I like it though. I just kind of oh, love like it. it. I love it. I'm trying to pitch it for the NBA. Like this is not changing basketball that much. It's actually a tweak, not like a true rule change. The flow of the game is great too. I mean, you know, we've talked about that forever, but the the you know, it's two timeouts too many in the NBA product. Yeah. And it's just too slow, it's too disjointed and you felt like there's you can feel it especially like I've been in in the house for some of these international games and you can feel it when that clock just starts moving. I remember in 2012 when it seemed like Spain was going to beat us for a second in the gold medal game and LeBron was just at the bench waiting to come in and it felt like it might have been two and a half minutes but it felt like 30 and it was like god damn can't there be like a whistle or something where's the tv timeout it's like there is no tv timeout there's gonna either have to be a ball go out of bounds or some sort of foul for him to come in and we were like oh my god lebron's not gonna even be able to come back in this game so there's a frantic energy to it that i really like but ultimately like you know, the Edwards thing. Let's let's take a break. And I just want one more Edwards, Minnesota thing. And then we'll move on to the other stuff we had. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now. They have so many NFL futures. They have everything. You could bet on who's going to be the one seed. Who's going to score the most points in the league? Who's going to score the least points? Who's going to have 10 plus wins? You can take the Patriots plus 350, 10 plus wins, lock it down. You can bet on the passing leader, the rushing leader, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, You can do all kinds of conference, division. You name it, they have it. Go check it out. 
The app is so easy to use. And again, spreads, player props, over-unders for week one. So much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash BS. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first prize required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, so with the Edwards-Minnesota thing, if you looked at Denver last year, Denver's odds were way too out of whack considering that they had Jamal Murray coming back. They had a two-time MVP and they weren't even being mentioned. Minnesota is not really being mentioned in the West and maybe they shouldn't be and maybe the Gobert Towns thing is going to be too weird. But that said, we don't really have a Dame Lower trade. And I'm wondering, like, I'd say I broke my rule. I didn't want to mention Dame Lord, but now I'm mentioning him. You wonder if Dame Lord's watching this going, you know what? Yeah, me for Towns, you just switch us. We have Gobert. We'd have Edwards. It's kind of nice. Me and, me and Ant together, I'd be aligned with this guy who's clearly going to be one of the best five or six guys in the league. Maybe that's a better situation for me than anywhere else, and I want to win a title, and this doesn't seem unrealistic to me. Fuck it. Minnesota. I'm adding them to the list. Jacoby's just staring at me like a, yeah, yeah. Like a chicken. No, that's not going to happen. This, okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not. He wants so to go to the Heat. He's the best for Dame, spot for him. Yeah, and also Eastern Conference for Dame. Like, there's just so many good teams in the Western Conference. Any team that's, that made the playoffs last year that adds Dame Lillard is like, I mean, maybe not any team that made the playoffs, but the, the, the top teams in the East. If the Heat add Dame Lillard, it's like, it's them and everybody else. They're not going to add him. Trade's not happening. Well, he's not going to be traded to Minnesota either, Bill. Carl Anthony Towns for Dame Lillard? It's a, it, wow, it's, it's a trade that makes sense on paper for a lot of reasons for both teams as a basketball trade. Does Minnesota have, I don't expect you to have their draft futures totally, uh, you know, at the oh, they're ready. Gutted. They got nothing. That's why didn't they give everybody up for Gobert? So now they're going to try to do a one on a one for one for Cat yeah. and Dame. Yeah. But if I'm Portland, I'm like, no, where are all the picks that I wanted? Yeah. I want, yeah. I need to reload. I don't Or I'm like, going, oh, cool. I have a 27 year old, you know, stretch five who averages basically 24 and 10 every game. And I get to put him with Scoot Henderson and my guards and um, I have a more interesting team. Do you, have you been following what Carl Anthony Towns has been saying in these different podcasts? It's that he's, you know, he's Uh, changed the game and, mm -hmm. and what we did. And I'm like, is this kind of a, I thought when I see them aggregated, I'm like, well, I'm going to double check this and triple check it to make sure. I'm like, what's going on here? It feels like the opposite of heat culture is Timberwolves culture. <laughs> or it's just, like, what Wolves are you guys culture? talking about? It's like, there's so, I, don't, I wish I had them at the ready, but there were so many of these weird quotes, like what we did was more impressive than what they No, the, like, de- the Denver what? quotes, yes. him comparing yes. them to the Nuggets. Yeah. To the Nuggets, like, what, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I was totally baffled by it. And it just feels like there's something in the foundation of Timberwolves culture that is preventing them from winning. Maybe it's a an inherent it's silliness. I, I like Carl Anthony Towns, though. I root for Carl Anthony Towns, but the quotes just seemed out of left field. 
It, it wasn't like, well, I'm going to go commit to the grind. We're going to get better. It was just this kind of victory parade for winning one game against Denver. It was just In overtime. Jacobs, Jacobs, it was a red flag that the Knicks, who, you know, I would say are the most Kentucky-friendly franchise in the league. Towns, I feel like, can be had. I don't think it's an, it's a closed secret. And the Knicks, basically, like, we're good. Towns, Towns isn't on our radar. That, that I thought, was alarming. That is very telling. And then just to respond to Kevin Wilds, is, this is, goes to another Jacoby theory, is everyone's oh. a hero in their own movie. Everyone's a hero in their own movie, you know? So if you ask Carl Anthony Towns about his experience in the Timberwolves, he, um, they've been in position to win. He's performed great, but there's been these outside, these outside influences that have hurt them. Or, or if, if it just wasn't for this one thing, we would have done blank. Because some people just can't look in the mirror and be like, we got beat, we're not good enough, I'm not good enough, I need to be better. They want to point the finger somewhere else to the, to the external villains that are chasing them and are after them. And, and that's what I think these quotes come from. Is like he is he's a hero in his own movie and he has performed well and it's been other reasons for the lack of their success. And I think that might be part of the Timberwolves culture. But but Jacoby, the quotes were like weren't even talking about a lack of success. They were talking about fair. success. There was no like, man, we couldn't do it. It was like yeah. we did it. Like, what huh? we did was more impressive more impressive than lost. what the Nuggets did. It was odd. Yeah, the stranger he gets, the more I'm on Jimmy Butler. I was pretty hard on Jimmy Butler when he was trying to get out of Minnesota. And then same thing with Philly where he got out of there. But now you look back and you think like, man, were there two worst guys for him to play with than Carl Anthony Jimmy Towns and Ben right. Simmons? Like, it's almost like a yeah. psychology experiment. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler's earned that whatever Jimmy Butler says about other people goes. Because if we, he's like, we're going to win this game. Way. We're going to win. I'm like, yeah, you win. He's like, we're going to do it. We're going to be back. I'm like, well, surprise, surprise, you're back. The guys. Remember, remember he was the after truth. the game going, Tobias Harris over me? Tobias Harris over me? Turns out Jimmy Butler was right. Oh, guess what? Ben Simmons. Right work all the time. Turns out Jimmy Butler was right. What's going on in Minnesota? What, what Wilds pointed out is Wolves culture. Turns out Jimmy Butler was right. And you I was what? like, Bill, I was critical of him after all of this. He seemed like he, like, sort of burnt down three straight teams in four years. And it's I thought he was the common denominator and he was the problem. But as Wilds pointed out, turns out Jimmy he Butler was the was solution. Right. You know what? Yes. I'm going to go buy Michelob Ultra. I'm going to go buy some big face coffee. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm going to get some big <laughs> well, $20 so a cup. Probably no. worth it. No, turns out Jimmy probably. Butler was right. Turns out Jimmy Butler was right. He had a quote that he's now researching um, methods and beans to make the $20 cup of coffee worth $20. And it sounds crazy, but maybe he's right. Yeah, probably. He's like those right historical figures that were telling us things were going to happen and took a lot of shit. Yeah. And then it turned <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, Wilds, just to put a bow on this, Carl Anthony Towns in 2021-22, he averaged 25 and 10. He shot 41% from three and 53% field goal. Last year, he was 21 and eight, but that was playing with Gobert. I, I actually think he's underrated. And I, and I know what Portland's going to do. They're just going to go into the season with Dame. They're going to bank on the fact that he wants to play basketball. And then they're going to know that a better trade will be available in December. They're not going to take right. that crappy Miami thing. Uh, but I do think the Towns, the Towns piece is interesting. I'm glad you brought up the player podcast because I had this on my list for you guys. I thought of this when Dwight Howard was on a podcast mm -hmm. talking about his relationship with Kobe with this like 
Yeah, the thing and, and made it seem like that it was a better relationship than it was. And it was like, I was alive in 2012 and 2013. <laughs> I know none of this is true. Like none of it, like Kobe couldn't stand him. It was, it went terribly. And then he went and signed with Houston. And I was just thinking like, like kudos to all the players and being in the media. And I, this is not a shot at new media. I'm just saying as a fan of basketball, was it better the old way when we didn't have any of these podcasts and there was more mystery with some more of this mystery. stuff versus like everybody now or, or it's like professional wrestlers just going on each other or comedians when they go on each other's podcasts and it's like, here's what happened. And it's like, I don't know what's true and what's not true. The mystery was almost more fun than hearing Carl Anthony Towns going on five podcasts and being like, here are my takes. I kind of, not positive I wanted the takes. I just kind of wanted to watch the basketball. Now I'm having trouble separating the takes from the basketball. Oh, I like the takes, dude. I so you like takes. it. You like this era more. Well, look, I like, I just think I have a healthy appetite for basketball media and sports media in general. And okay. I specifically, there's a lot of, I'm trying to do a pie chart of the podcast that I listen to. A lot of it is nostalgia, which is fine for like cruising through Instagram. It feels like, and I don't, want, I don't want to do anybody a disservice if I miss anybody. It feels like Draymond stuff that it's like the immediacy of like, hey, here's the game. Like, that's awesome. That's never been done in yeah. media at all. So that is just tremendous. So Draymond stuff is awesome. JJ is now just like a traditional analyst. So I guess he's on the outside, but he's so fresh out of the... He's kind of a larger figure in the podcast world. But I guess I just put him in traditional media. Um, but I like, I guess Draymond stuff is amazing. I, I also have Bill, my top three guests that I like on podcasts. Would you like to oh, hear, let's it? hear it? Oh, yeah. oh, I know. I know one for sure. Do you know you? All right. Hold on. Make sure I have it in the right order. Um, this is based really off of just one story that he told, but I still liked it. Oh, okay. Jeff no, at number three, the bronze medal and rising out of nowhere is Jeff Teague. Jeff, Jeff Teague. What a star's heard for up. Jeff Teague this summer. Just just like, I love Jeff Teague. I, I did enjoy the Jeff Teague. Teague thing. Did you know you loved Jeff Teague before this summer? Just I had no idea. I, loved I had Jeff no idea Teague. the personality. I love fantastic. Jeff Teague. I want to be friends with Jeff Teague so bad. Jeff Teague, if you're listening to this, I want to be friends. It's fan he's fantastic. All right, number two. And this is really based off of just one story. Chandler Parsons and the story that he told about playing Kobe and then and then he went to the club and there was a twenty thousand dollar bill and then <laughs> yeah. Kobe had paid for it paid for uh, it like via phone. <laughs> can, I, can I speak quickly? I always like it when people do nice things that are disrespectful. You know what oh. I mean? It's like at, at its core, at its core, it's like Kobe did a really nice things for Chandler Parsons, but. There's also a little bit of like, you're my son. You are a child. I, no, I sent you away <laughs> and I paid for the bar for you. No, like, no. like you're not a peer of mine. You need my help. That's that's He's not. I always like Still I always Ryan. like when when the gift or the favor is like 10% disrespectful. I like that. Number one, Amon Shumpert. Amon Shumpert just goes on podcasts and just crushes. He's so good. Any podcast. Amon Shumpert is like oh. how Johnny Carson used to have like Don Rickles come on. Like, here we go. Yes. Yes. Just yes. get ready to crush. Sandra Bernhard night on David For Letterman. Eight minutes, this guy's just going to roll. He's so good. He's fantastic. I don't know why he doesn't have his own podcast. Maybe he does. But he's crushing other people's podcasts. He's fantastic. 
That's my top three. The stuff I like. I'll like mention what, for Jared Smith. Oh, true. Oh. Yeah. The stuff I like, I like the like what some of the stuff Draymond did in the moment I thought was pretty good, like breaking down games. And I like the weird stories, like the Chandler Kobe. Where where I get off the bus is the revisionist history about your own career. And where it's like we we actually had writers and people covering stuff when this happened. And now you're just kind of giving this different version of the version that we actually know was the version. That's where that's where I get a little dicey. Do you feel like Trey Young was on a podcast? I forget which one it was. And I think it was uh, said, Paul, Paul George. Oh, I think you might be. I think you're right. And he said, yeah, like Luca and I are basically the same guy. We do the same stuff. And everybody on the internet was like, what? What are you talking about? Da, da, da. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, Trey Young, you're right. You're yeah. both kind of defensive liabilities. The numbers are very similar. The playoff appearances are are similar, if not the same, how far you guys have gone. Like, oh, but we put Luca here and we put Trey Young there. So I think it's good that Trey Young's just like, hey, by the way, go to basketball reference. Type in stat muse, Trey Young, Luca. And it's like, oh wow, you don't actually, you don't know the games. You don't know the pin downs that Luca could do that Trey can't. I don't care. I'm just saying. The numbers look the same. So shout out to Trey Young. So you like when in the player pods, when they actually make you tilt the way you looked at their career. Because mm. there was a stat. There's this Twitter account, NBA University. It was percentage of field goals made that were unassisted last season. Unassisted. Okay. So bring the ball. Okay. So Get basically, somebody scored a, scored a basket that nobody helped them with. Who yeah. do you think was the leader and what do you think the percentage was? Jacobs. Well, it's a trick question because I really want to say Luka Doncic, but we were talking about Trey Young, which brought to this. So I'm going to go with Trey Young. The answer is Luka Doncic. What do you okay. think his percentage of unassisted field goals oh, made? I'm going to say last north year? of 70. I'm going north of 70. I'm Let's going like 73. What do you got? Give me an actual 73. number. 73. Wilds, he going Maybe over higher, or under? 70, I'm going 79. 79. Under. Okay, Wilds, over or under? I'm going way under. Way under. Correct answer. 84.7. That's ridiculous. He doesn't like catch and shoot. Like he doesn't, he dribbles and dribbles and dribbles and dribbles. And then Five out of every wants. six field goal. Nobody helped yeah. him with. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. I want to know what happened to those other 16%. Because uh, I didn't see those. It should have been 100. So SGA was 79%. He was second. And Trey was 78.7. Ja, 76. Fox, 76. Harden, mm. 74.7. Then it starts trickling down. Finishing last. Any guesses? Finishing dead last? Dead last. Uh -oh. 331st. Oh. Um, is, is this guy a scorer, is gonna, though? No, it's going to be a lob catcher. It's going to be a lob catcher center. This guy played, like, a pretty big 25 minutes a game for um, a team you've heard of. A team I've heard of? Oh, okay. Reggie, it was Reggie Bullock. <laughs> oh, please. Reggie Bullock, 4.7%. All right, flipping this. A team um, I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, highest percentage of field goals made that were assisted among 20-point game scorers. This was another thing on the NBA University account. Who do you think led that? Most NBA. percentage of their points assisted. Oh, no. It's going to be a lob catcher. Just a rim runner. Like a Mitchell Robinson. Like, 20 points a game, though. He didn't average 20. Oh, so I didn't not 20 a, points a game. I would assume it's Embiid. It's not Embiid? No. Nope. Um... 
give me a second. Clay 20 Thompson. points a game. Oh. oh Clay Thompson, 81.7%. Yeah. Second, Lori Marketing, 75. Third, my guy, Chris Tapps Porzingis, 71%. Oh, oh plantar fasciitis. Yeah. He loves He's playing with injured, other people, Bill. Jacobs. Already injured. He's already injured. He's fine. He's oh, not fine. fine. They knew him. Not, not fine. fine. Not okay. Not playing Bill. basketball. He's not fine. He's not okay. He's not fine. Why are you saying you're he's not regret, fine? Why are you doing gonna this? You're going to regret this. You're going to hate Chris Tapps Porzingis. Because he has fasciitis. It's not he a tiny thing. He had it like three thing. months ago. Well, and why is that a good thing? He still he still has it three months. LeBron now, had plantar fasciitis. He played 48 minutes in the he's deciding Denver game. Friends. No. Before or after LeBron. Thanksgiving, will you start getting hate tweets from, I mean, hate text messages from Dr. Bill, your dad, about Chris Tapps Porzingis? Listen, before or after the, Thanksgiving? The first two months of this trade are not going to go great. Marcus Smart no. is going to show up and he's going to be like Denzel <laughs> yes. and Equalizer 3. <laughs> yes. And he's going to be in amazing shape and he'll die for every loose ball and he's going to be an absolute maniac. And then Porzingis <laughs> is going to be in street clothes and the Boston fans are going to fucking lose their minds. Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be the complete opposite of uh, Sean O'Malley last night in the Boston Garden winning the uh, Bantamweight title. I'm not sure if you saw this. You're not going to believe this, but oh. the entire Boston crowd was rooting for <laughs> yeah, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, love the O'Malley yeah. fella. Yeah. They were treating it like <laughs> yeah. it was Larry Bird in 1986. They're so yeah. excited. <laughs> um, all right, so Player Pods, Wilds is pro, Jacoby is pro. I'm Hard pro. Hard. I'm I pro, hear from but the I, I just want, I just want to r- raise the cons of the, well, the everybody... Be just kind of creating their own narrative that didn't exist. I don't. Let me make part. my case. Just make a small case for player pods. Um, we all work in traditional media, and we've yeah. all done interviews with current professional basketball players. They are inherently going to talk to their peers that play basketball yes. in a dramatically different manner, and that's the way I prefer to hear them speak. Okay. In a in a more casual, in a more not comfortable, naked in a locker room with a microphone yeah. in front of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like we've got four minutes with such and such after the game, like I want to hear the real them and you're going to get the closest to the real them you possibly can in, in a, like a not media conscious setting than when they're talking to one of their peers. I have another basketball topic for you. Great. Go. So they announced the schedule, which I always think is funny. The NBA schedule release, which really people just want to know who the Christmas games are. And even there, I, I'm even fine then. not knowing until like <laughs> December 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> They're like, oh, here's opening night. Here's what we got. It's like, cool. Um, but it's always interesting to me who gets the most games and who has the least games. Did you guys see who has the you mean least national games? games? You mean national, national games? games. Right? Yeah. The least national games out of the 30 teams. Who do you think it was? Magic. Who do you think, um, Jacobs? <clears throat> uh, Charlotte Hornets. So they were second. They have four national games finishing last the winner of the nobody cares award for 2023-24 the toronto raptors oh oh you know what that might be a cook the books thing because the ratings yeah. don't show up domestically yeah. for raptors games oh like it's they're less sexy because yeah. the canada you, thing no you like the you, don't get, you don't get the numbers you don't get the hometown you don't get the canada they're called numbers, national they games for a reason yes yeah, sorry to interrupt so whoever well, has they it, were last the, so who's se- oh wait, so the second to last is the Hornets? Yeah. Oh, shout out to the Magic. Maybe first team magic. Yeah, we're I think the, the Wiz Wiz were the Wiz were around four too. I think there was a couple of Jordan Poole Warriors games they probably wanted to throw on there. Um oh, yeah. Yeah, there, Wizards, there was yeah. a couple ones where like OKC was on TV more than New Orleans, which I thought was interesting. 
I think that the mm. networks were just kind of burned on, on, uh, all right, enough with this. Is Zion going to play or not thing? Cause when he doesn't play, not great. Um, so okay. So you got a couple more next topic, NBA related. Well, who would be the funniest guys to have on team USA right now? Just do a draft. The funniest, oh the funniest, no, the funniest in terms of what, like Bill Burr, Americans <laughs> going, wait, why the fuck is that guy on the team? Uh, I'm going to go first. Ben Simmons. I think he wins, he wins yet another <laughs> he's draft. Not, he's not. First American. of all, he's from Australia. Yeah, yeah, what what he's he no, he applies for <laughs> U.S. citizenship to be in our team. Not fair. What <laughs> if it was Kyrie and Harden as the backcourt? So Jordan Poole was, coming off the bench and Dwight Howard is somehow involved. Does anybody watch this team? Oh, I love if Dwight Howard is on the team. Yeah, yeah, please. I would like, if we're just going off the wall ideas, I just, yeah. I haven't, I haven't kind of fleshed this out yet. I am like obsessed with Royal rumbling everything. It just, mm. Every part of my life, which is involving theme music and then someone rushing in, in somehow. Oh, yeah, just, oh, I think, I think it could happen in a lot of ways. Like, Hey, let's go out to dinner. And we like, we book a dinner and then all of a sudden I just oh. play on my phone. Like, like, Oh my God. And it comes screaming in whoever oh my god be. this is a, this is your best half-baked idea ever just Ooh, that's a rumbling idea. that's just a good so idea there was a, there was a point when we were like anthony edwards is bringing the ball up a little like he just wasn't pushing the break he's like here's the plan i'm gonna bring it up austin reeves kind of run along uh, you know the sideline i was like what if we just you just heard the glass breaking like it's like, oh, it's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get on this team? My God. He's here. Oh, and he just immediately checks into the game and he just starts going a thousand miles an hour. Oh, it'd be great. That's good. I like the Royal Rumbling um, stuff. All right, we're going to uh, we're gonna take one more break and then we got to talk about James Harden. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day of work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that, made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay, that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. All right, coming back. I can't believe we've done almost 40 minutes of basketball and we're about to go back for more, but we got to talk about James Harden. Jacoby, I asked you an assignment. What did James Harden's next three years look like? So we're going from August 23 all the way through July 2026. Walk us through what teams does he play for? Where does he oh. live? How much money does he make? 
It's just everything James Harden. What do you have? Jacoby, okay. can I throw in something real quick? Absolutely. He's going to be 34 in two weeks. Copy that. So birthday's happy, coming happy birthday. up. So I just want to remember Happy that. birthday, Jimmy. Happy birthday, Jimmy Harden. And it's like an um, older 34, like when 50 Cent turned 34. It's like he's 34, but it feels feels like 39. Well, let me let me start by this. You also asked, like, if you had to give James Harden advice, what would it be? Because I think that is very important to what the next three years look like. Because if, if, if James Harden called my phone, I was like, guys, hold on a second. Pause the pod, Kyle. I have to talk to James Harden because he wants my advice. Mm -hmm. I would strongly, strongly suggest that he play basketball well for $35 million for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I, I think that is clearly the only path for him to get what he wants, for him to get paid handsomely to play basketball after this year. If there is any sort of um, repeating of what he's done in Houston and what he's done in Brooklyn here in Philadelphia, he's costing himself maybe a hundred million dollars, but here's how I predict it will play out. I predict he will show up and play for the Sixers and he will not give a hundred percent or he will not give the same effort he gave last year. He will not perform the same numerically. And I believe that he will be traded at the deadline before the deadline for 60 or 70 cents on the dollar for some pieces. Um, you know, I don't think that Daryl can really do anything right now that, that makes them a better team without James Harden. Like there's no trade out there that makes them better. If you trade James Harden, yeah, they make the better James move is to hope he comes back and is somehow and, happy. But if you want me to predict how it plays, he, he comes back and he is unhappy. So unhappy at which it becomes a situation where, you can add by subtracting him from the locker room and you get 60 cents on the dollar. And then he plays the end of the year for that team becomes a free agent and then has his agent sweep the landscape for interested teams and finds out that what's out there for him is 30, $40 million in two years, maybe with an oh, option. Yeah, I don't even think that much. Look at what like, happened to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook went down to 3.8 million this year. He went from 47 to 3.8. It goes I, I, don't, fast. I don't think I, I, I let's not forget the year that James Harden had last year on the basketball court. Let's not like, forget the three teams good. he quit on. He was good. He, he led the league in assist and he, he adapted his game to playing alongside MVP Joel Embiid. They went on streaks during the regular season that he had a lot to do with and they looked like a good basketball team. And, you know, and the, even the Celtics series, like we all remember that game, yeah. game one. Like, sure. I also I remember they, game I six, think, game seven. I think yeah. the off-court stuff with James Harden has sort of, has has muddied our vision, blurred our vision about what the on-court stuff is. With like, reason. I still think he has value, but I think it plays out like this. He gets traded before the deadline. He plays for a team, whether it's the Clippers or not, for the rest of the season. He does not re-sign with them. He becomes a free agent and gets like $30 million for two years. That, that if you want, and I don't know what team that is, but it's, Gonna be not that the sexy. team doesn't exist. It's a team in yeah. fantasy land. Wilds, what do that's you think? Right. That's how I see it. Do you want to hear a ridiculous idea or a serious analysis? Let's go serious first, and then we'll go ridiculous. I I think that he would be doing a disservice to Embiid, who he seems to have a real relationship with, if he shows up uh, and doesn't give a hundred percent. So I think if he does show up. 
he's going to play. But the Daryl Morey is a liar stuff is not great. Um, and if there's any sort of like this kind of rumors that there was a handshake deal, a wink, wink deal that like, hey, take this pay cut and I'll get you later. Turns out I'm not going to get you later. Uh, he has a right to be upset. And I saw Woj is reporting. They're kind of looking into salary cap circum circumvention. If, they if that, that actually happened, they already did what? Looked into it? I already debunked this on Twitter. Oh, he thought he was going to Houston. Sorry. I did it like four days ago. He's got, he thought he was going to Houston. Yeah, and, and Emil Doka got there first. All the reporting, <laughs> there was ESPN, Woj on Christmas Day reported it. In March, there was this big athletic story about how what the bond between Houston and Harden. And then in May, same thing. Houston, Houston, It's they. that's where Philly thought he was going and they didn't feel like he had any loyalty to them. My question is, if he felt like he was promised this wink-wink contract from Philly, then why was all the Houston shit being reported for six months? What really happened is Adoka came in, he got the job at the end of April, and they were like, what about James Harden? He's like, yeah, 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 we could talk about it. And then as soon as he got the job, he was like, I don't want to fucking want that guy. And he threw his body in front of it. And they went from Harden to Fred Van Vliet. That's what happened. Harden thought he was going there. He thought he was getting a big contract. That's why he took a little less money to help them Philly win for one year because he knew he was probably going to leave. That's my theory, and I think I'm right. Well, and okay, I think so- once that Houston thing got pulled out and Daryl says to him, all right, we're, we're going to trade. Yeah, we'll trade you this summer. And then he looks around and nobody fucking wants James Harden. Like, sorry. Clippers didn't even, wouldn't even offer Terrence Mann for him. And then go through the league. Who has space for a guy making $35 million? Like, if you're Miami... Would you trade Tyler Hero for him? No way. You're not doing that. Just go through the league. Try to find him in the James Harden trade. All of a sudden, you're looking at Charlotte with Gordon Hayward and a protected number one. Why would Charlotte do that? Why would Washington trade Jordan Poole for him? Like, go through every team. There's no James Harden trade. Philly knows it. They've told him that. And whether he fully realizes that or not, I don't know. I mean, he's always had a weird kind of circle situation. Like, Polinka left a while ago and he's had he's had had no agent. He's gotten help from different agents. He always seems like he has a shifting team. It just seems like he's getting bad advice. That's I agree with that. I agree with that. Do you do you think going back to what I was saying about player narratives, if I was to come in and I was like, hey James, here's the thing. The narrative around you is that you're the highest usage rate guy in the league who scored 36 points a game, 34 points, led the league in scoring, all that, draw the fouls, do the whole thing. Uh, You're not that guy anymore. You're actually a super unselfish guy who has brought his scoring down to 21 points a game, who took a $14 million pay cut, who led the league in assists, and bought your buddy a Rolex when he won MVP. So all you have to do is somehow spin the quitting on the third team to cement this new narrative that you're actually an unselfish player. That is the, that is the narrative is that you're the most selfish player. The quitting on the team certainly doesn't help, but he needs to spin. Someone needs to go out there and spin that for him. He's playing unselfish and he took four, he took 14 million. And let me just say, Oh, he took $14 million pay cut. Oh, sure. That's no big deal. Aaron Rodgers did it, and there was a seven-day parade. James wow, Harden did it, like, oh, that was good. Well, oh, sure, that's, he, that's nice. He took the million pay cut, dollars, and then they just they hired his friends, 
<laughs> Tucker, Trez, and Daniel House. And then they got docked for tampering for, for a couple of picks. And they went through and, all their emails and everything. So that's why there's another investigation. Also, like, see, nobody remembers this, but Minnesota lost five first-round picks when they did a wink-wink thing with Joe Smith. Like, the league's really harsh mm. on, on that thing. You'd have to be crazy to do that in 2023, especially with all the different ways they can keep receipts on things. And I just think it's too risky for Philly. Jacobs, if Harding, Harden comes to me right now and he says, I like your podcast. I don't really like anybody around me in my life. What should I do? I would do exactly what you laid out. Go back to Philly. You know what? Play great. Just, just apologize. Just look at the big picture. You're, you're in a contract there anyway that you opted in on. That's the other thing. He fucking opted into the contract. So well, because you opted he couldn't in. get another one. <laughs> right. So you opted in. That was your decision. Look at the landscape. Boston, if this poor Zingas, God only knows what's going on, but there's a chance Boston's going to be worse. There's a chance Miami, who lost Gabe Vincent, they lost Struess, and they might not get Dame Lillard, mm -hmm. and they're older. They might be worse. Milwaukee is a rookie coach. Um, you're just going down the line. It's like, you guys might actually be the one seed if you just come back with Nick Nurse and you're happy. Like, I actually think they could be the one seed, but he could also torpedo it and it could be a disaster. But what is the better situation for him? You're going to go to Clippers and play with load management Kawhi? You're going to play with, you know, this goofy Clipper team that's never done jack shit? That's, that's a better situation than playing in Philly with Embiid and Nick Nurse? I don't get it. I think it's really weird. I, it's weird that he doesn't see that it's the best situation, which makes me not trust him as like a basketball entity. Where th does he want to win a title? I don't even know. Because if he wants to win a title, stay in Philly. Well, it's it not even like I'm doing Daryl's dirty work, but I'm not. I just no, it's, I it's, just think it's common sense. It's not wanting to win a title. Let's say that he just wants to maximize his earnings over the next three years. The there's the the number one choice to do so is to play good basketball for the Philadelphia seventy right. sixers this season. And there's a huge gap before you get to number two. A huge gap. So it's like even if even if it's not about winning a title, which is like as fans, it's what we want players to care about the most. Let's say that he's like, I'm trying to get as much money because I see the twilight of my career. There is only real one real option there, and that is to play good, hard basketball for Philadelphia. And if you're Philadelphia, there's a whole Embiid thing because this is getting messy. And, you know, right. and, you have to and, and the there's Embiid the whole part. Embiid angle. Like, there's a lot of damage control that you have to do with Joel Embiid when, you know, James Harden's talking to 15-year-old Chinese kids about Daryl Morey. What was the question that was asked that led to that statement? Was, well, was someone in the crowd like, how do you feel about Daryl Morey? Yeah. It was also kind of fucked up because that, you know, Daryl's not exactly Beyonce in China. No. And it, it just felt a little intentional. And before... I don't want to sound like I'm defending Daryl because I think his infatuation with Harden is going to end up, you know, really damaging like the big picture of his career. Like the fact that over and over again, he just kept getting sucked in by this guy. And, you know, like the Ben Simmons piece where so Indiana offered Sabonis. Sabonis got turned into Halliburton and healed, which makes me think, I think it's pretty fair to say that they could have turned Ben Simmons into Halliburton and healed which is a way better basketball trade, but they just really wanted Harden. He vouched for the guy and now blow up in his face. And I, you know, he vowed, he, he wanted to bring in a guy that had quit on two teams, which is on him. At what is. point, at what point, Bill, do you think Embiid 
who seems to love Philly with all his heart, says, you know what? I had Ben Simmons. You told me it was going to work. And then he he left. I had, was playing with Jimmy Jimmy Butler. Butler. Jimmy Butler, And he left. And I had James Harden, and you guys screwed that up. And granted, it was different regimes screwing it up. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of done with this. I I don't know if he's ever going to get to that point because it feels like he's really in the fabric of Philadelphia at this point. I think it'd be shocking if he left. But I think if if it was happening to somebody else, somewhere else, he would be the first one to ask out. He would you be know the what superstar I would say to, to him? ask out this year. You know what I would say to him if he asked, if he said all that stuff to me? Play good in the playoff series. Ah, my knee hurt. I got hit in the face. Just, just <laughs> kick ass for four straight weeks in April and May. Ah, I was trying like, to get seriously. MVP. Just do it once. I had a broken face. I'm not saying it can't do it. Just do it once. My face was is broke. Was he awesome in the Boston series? What's the excuse for that? Seemed hurt. pretty healthy. Bad, bad matchup. Bad oh. matchup. It's <laughs> the MVP. <laughs> I think there's... Tatum killed us. Tatum just went on fire. Who could guard him? Yeah, what do you want me to do? Hey, I wouldn't bet on this, but I think there's a 10 to 1 chance. Nah, 20 to 1. But I could see Harden in China next year not oh, getting God. anything. No, I'm serious. I think it's not getting board. anything close to where he thought he was going to get money-wise from the NBA and just saying, I'll go to China, I'll take a huge check from them, and then yeah. maybe February, March, I'll come back and I can play NBA and, and get and basically double dip. Because yeah. I, you, Jacoby thought he was like two for 40. I don't see it. The only reason Kyrie got that money is because Dallas was already kind of pot committed to that terrible trade they made and they had no choice. What are you going to do? You have to keep Luca. The Kyrie was some form of asset and you just got to keep your fingers crossed and hope it works out. But, you know, if well, they to, had to clarify, that, who's doing it? To clarify, he is, if he plays well this year, he's two for 30 or 40 when he's a free agent. That, that's, okay. That's, that's so you're it. saying he's... What I'm saying, in the hypothetical scenario in which he plays well for Philly this year and then leaves Philadelphia, that's the type of deal I would expect him to that, get. That really makes me nervous. Um, all right, let's move. Oh, I had one more NBA thing for you guys. This is a half-baked idea. Oh, good. Half-baked idea. NBA and Bravo should combine for an end-of-the-season reunion show, like what we get with Real Housewives when they all get back oh, on yeah. stage. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I knew you uh, loved the Chicago's big stage. And then it's like Jordan Poole is over on the left side and Draymond's on the other side. And um, who else did I have? Oh, Katie and Kyrie. They're both there. Mm. Ben Simmons shows up halfway through. You need disgruntled fired coaches. That's what you need. We have have Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. Rivers He comes in halfway through. Marcus Smart and Missoula are just kind of on both sides. It's like, so what happened with you guys? And it's just Andy Cohen just trying to pour gasoline on the fire for two hours. Be amazing television. Pay per view it. I'd watch it. <laughs> Pay per view it. <laughs> it's it's right. a great, great half baked idea. No chance. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah, good. It's a good half baked idea. Not um, like my half baked idea. Are, 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 are they all wearing probable. cocktail dresses? What was your hilarious heart intake, by the way? You never gave it to us. Wow. It's, oh, the ridiculous one. Yeah. You gave us the serious, this is a great take. trying to impress the great Nick take. Right take. You didn't give us the hilarious oh, I, take. I, I, uh, wow. I think that he should either to say that he's turning over a new leaf of not being a high usage player, he needs to either grow the beard super long, like Chris mm. Anderson. Longer. Like, hey, not, yeah. No, like a like, wizard, like Gandalf. Yeah. You have to have a, a line in the sand in your look. 
Like, ZZ I'm top. not this guy anymore. Am I Chris Anderson, undrafted player? No, I'm Birdman, NBA champion with a bunch of tattoos. Like, oh, gotcha. But, sorry, I thought you were a guy from Bling College. I'm like, nope, I'm an NBA champion, Birdman. David Letterman, when he left, uh, oh, when he left the late yeah, show, I'm not on TV anymore. Here's this huge beard. I'm a different guy now. I'm doing my own mm. thing. So if he could either go super long with the beard or shave it down, it, it would it would be a line in the sand. Like, hey, by the way, everybody, don't forget, I led the league in assists and took a $14 million pay cut. I'm actually mm. super unselfish, despite what your blogs and your Twitter stream has told you. What about like a mustache and like just a little chin no. hair thing and that's it? Career needs a save. <laughs> face needs a shave. That's done. Bad. Yeah. Right. Done. That sounds like a whole business. Good yeah, stuff, Gillette guys. It. We're moving on to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great transition. Good He's stuff, good, guys. Good stuff. <laughs> Coward does that. It feels like slightly insulting. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. I felt a Let's little insulted. Like Jacoby, that. good work. Um, <laughs> that was a Jim Rome thing, too, way back in the day. With Jim. All right, good job. Great takes, guys. Um, I like that. Wow, is Tom Brady coming back? I don't think so. Um, I saw. Are you monitoring it? Is there a Twitter account I should be following? Like, where, where's the coverage? Nah, of I, just, I just, you know what? I have my finger on the pulse of it. Um, I don't think he's coming back. I saw the, um, I saw the Instagram when he was promoting the Brady brand protein. He says he's looking around for a training camp to attend. Mm. Here's the thing: he is coming to Week One, um, Patriots Eagles. They're going to do something at in halftime. I think that is going to be, has the potential to be, I should say, very awkward. If Mac Jones doesn't come out and ball against the mm. Eagles in their line, which now they're on, you know, solid turf, not like the Super Bowl. If they get after Mac Jones and Mac Jones plays poorly, and now for halftime, everyone stand and let's talk about Tom Brady. Oh my, can you imagine, like, you know what? Give me a pair. Of, give me a pair of shoulder pads. Like take, he takes, he takes the. They, you know they always give a frame jersey. Give me that thing. Punches the glass. Oh, it was crazy. Belichick's like, we've only been carrying fifty-two. Like, oh my god, it's the extra quarterback rule from Brock Purdy. Royal Rumble it. Royal Rumble it. Belichick's been behind it all along. I don't think I would have brought back. him back. Yeah, week five, New Orleans felt like a better Tom Brady comeback <laughs> yes. to Foxborough. Week, week, week one, Philly, <laughs> the best pass rush in the league. No thanks. Oh, I'm a little bit nervous for Mac, my guy, Mac Jones. But I don't think he's coming back. But it happy. would be awesome. Jacob, you know what made me think it's possible? The story that came out about Kyle Shanahan calling Philip Rivers during oh, the playoffs yeah. last year to I see love how that. interested he was in potentially coming back. Dude, Andrew and the Luck year before. The year before, Drew Brees, remember they kicked the tires. I forget what team it was, but they kicked the tires hard with him to come back. Every year, there's... So let me counter some, that, Bill. Some smart coach looks at it and goes, that guy's bored. I wonder if he'd come back. Yep. Let me just counter that by saying, last year was that year. Like, he sort of was reported to be retired a year ago. Yeah. And then last year was the, like, all right, one more go year. Like, I don't think there's a two more go year. You know what I mean? Mm. The thing with Brady is he's also the the guy that I could see retiring for like three years and coming back at like age 47. Oh, Jordan. 
Yeah, like his no. version of Jordan in his 40s, basically. Mid-40s. Yeah. It's like, you know what? People think this can't be done, but I'm in the best shape of my oh, life. Like when Ali Bill, fought against Holmes. No. Did you see the video this week that was resurfaced of Magic Johnson buying a team in Greece and then playing it, playing on it? No. Do you remember this? Magic Johnson? Our guy? Magic Johnson. Google this. I just saw this on my Twitter, or sorry, X feed or whatever. It was like, hey, remember when Magic Johnson bought a team in Greece? <laughs> I think it was Greece or Spain, and then suited up for them. And then there's this video of like, it's, you know, a little heavier Magic Johnson, but he's yeah. doing Magic Johnson stuff. Like he's in the break throwing look away bounce passes to like, you know, dunkers. Like I, I, something like that could be possible. But I think Tom Brady has played his last football. And I think that um, you two are both little Tom Brady obsessed and just kind of want this to happen and talk about it. But it's not going to happen. I mean, there's so many bad quarterbacks. There's 10. There's at least 10 guys this year who just have no business being a starting quarterback. So it's hard not to look at it through that prism. The last time you he played, it just seemed like he bailed halfway through the season and was just like, I'm throwing the ball in 1.5 seconds anywhere. every time yeah. I touch it. It's just every time he touched the ball, he threw it under two seconds just so he wouldn't get touched. Like, it's not happening. No chance. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a break and then decide who's going to win the AFC East. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Unlike this podcast, some things in life should be boring, like banking because boring is pragmatic and responsible, level-headed, wise, all the things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be exciting. Exciting is for three-point buzzer beaters, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money, because when your money is doing what you need it to, you can do all the unboring things you want to do with it. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group. Inc. PNC Bank National Association. Member FDIC. We are supported by Men's Warehouse. When you wear a tailored Men's Warehouse outfit, it makes you feel confident like you can do anything, whether it's a sharp, well-fitted outfit that makes you want to roll back the ears and dance like no one is watching at a wedding, or a suit that makes you feel like you've got the job before you walk into a job interview. You should definitely give Men's Warehouse a shot, and here's why. Men's Warehouse, the only nationwide men's clothing store that has a tailor in every store to fit your suit, shirt, jeans, et cetera, to your body. And men's warehouses everywhere with 600 plus locations nationwide. So if you need one, and you will, there's one near you. Feel like you can do anything in an outfit from Men's Warehouse. Visit your Men's Warehouse store or click or tap to shop online. So I, I was basically out for five weeks and did just a shitload of football preview content. Nice. And I don't want to say when you do this. I don't want to step on a lot of that because I'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks. That's why what, we what is basketball today. There's so much time to do football. I got to do the big win total over under with cousin Sal and I, a lot of pressure this year because we actually crushed it last year. Hopefully Sorry. we can keep it going. The hardest division to figure out for me is the AFC East. And Wrong. one of the reasons is I am one of the few people who think the Patriots are actually going to be really good this year. Let's go. Oh God. It's me. It's Kevin What a Wilds. shocker. Surprised. Last year, I was telling everybody they were going to suck, and I sure. picked the under and bet on it. Like, I, I'm pretty realistic about the Pats. They're 8-1 to one underdogs, right? Or they're 8-1 to one to win the AFC East right now, Wilds. 8-1. to one. That's it. like what, what are they like the Arizona the Cardinals East? should have. Wow. First of all, they're 8-9 last year. They were third in defensive DVOA 
They just had one of the best drafts in the history of the franchise. They yes. absolutely loaded up. They fucking crushed it. They actually hired an, a real... Jacoby just dropped his phone. They hired a real offensive coordinator who has wow. like a playbook and plays. Oh my gosh. We're going to have plays this year, Wilds. Yeah. Um, no expectations at all. None. Yep. Zero. And... I, I just don't understand why they're not being discussed. You go through the teams, Buffalo season, no, Jacoby's got a pillow. Buffalo ends the season last year. They get the shit kicked out of them in the playoffs. They haven't really added anything and nobody's been able to explain to me why they're just slam dunk favorites other than they have Josh Allen. The Jets, they have, I don't know, top five worst offensive line in the league. Yeah. They have Robert Sal as coach. Um, everybody's just penciling them in because Aaron Rodgers look good on hard knocks for three weeks. And the they Dolphins, haven't beaten us in 14 tries. Keep going. Dolphins, Armstead's already hurt. Jalen Ramsey's out for at least half the season. And they have a quarterback who had three concussions last year. I feel like the division's wide open, Wilds. I don't Thank think you. I'm crazy. Thank you. Can I give you Can I give you some more reasons? I'll dig yeah, down a little bit. let's keep going. Last, so, I, first of all, we can't beat Tua. I think Tua's 4-0 against us. And we haven't beaten Josh Allen since uh, the blizzard game. So uh, the the same rationale that I use for uh, uh, the fact that the Jets won't be able to beat us, I have to use the same rationale that we can't beat Josh Allen or Tua. That being said, we brought everybody back on the defensive line. We're third in total sacks last year. Uche had 11 and a half, Judon 15 and a half. We added Trey Flowers and Keon White, so that's great. Rodgers I'm not worried about because the pass rush will be all over him. I think pass rush will be all over Josh Allen. Maybe we split with them, and hopefully we try to. We always split with Miami. That's just we're always going to split. I'd be it's happy. A, it's always a split. Zeke, I think, great. Had twelve touchdowns last year. He's not going to break any big runs, but like everyone's saying, like, ah, he's veteran, smart guy. He's going to be fantastic. And then now here's but, the hold fun on part. Zeke. Go. Zeke underrated. Yes, because at this point, Pollard, underrated. Pollard was so good the last two years that people were like, oh my God, how did they not play Pollard over Zeke? Zeke's washed up. It's like, Zeke's definitely not washed up. Like, he's still one of the best pass blockers in the league. He's still a really good short yardage guy and he's like a beloved teammate. So, great. We have him for three million bucks. Love it. I can do a big thing on Mac Jones, but first I'll I'll, I'll go to the fringes. Malik Cunningham is Taysom Hill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jacobs, get focused on that. Oh, yeah. Belichick's got a little return- toy this he year. He was on. We got little. We got packages. Yeah. yeah. What position does he play? I don't know. All of them. Quarterback. All, you know he plays football player. Remember Julian Edelman playing defense that one game, doing everything. Yeah. Uh, and Pop Douglas. Hello. This guy looks like the steal of the draft. Everybody's Six the steal of the draft when they're the Patriots. Yeah. He's fantastic. So I feel oddly optimistic. Oddly optimistic in the AFC East. Go also, ahead, Jacoby. Jacob's Mac Jones water. comeback completely unrealistic to you? Semi-realistic no, or realistic? Oh my God. Don't get me started on go ahead, Jacoby. I know that you two don't believe what you're saying. You want to believe what you're saying. I do. I've already bet on you my do You do not so believe what you're saying. Bets. Career is tied you, to they're it. the worst team in the they're the worst team in why? The, the AFC East. And and why? Uh, why? Yeah, tell me why. Because the other three teams are better. Right? They okay. have, do who? they have the worst? Uh, do they have the worst quarterback in the in the in the division? Well, they, we have a quarterback Wait, that's going to play for four pause. months. Do they have the worst quarterback in the division? Are you saying Tua? You'd rather have Tua than Mac Jones? 
Yes. When Tua, one more hit from, we might not, not see him play football again. Like, I, I just okay. don't understand how that variable is not discussed when people talk about the Dolphins. He had three concussions last year. I mean, it's sad. One, I feel one bad more for him, bad but season for Mac think, Jones, we might not see him again. He, when, I mean, he's one, had a he really good one, training he had, camp. He only, he's, oh, he's had an amazing training camp. And he only had one off season because he had a defensive guy calling his plays. The playbook yeah. was half of the size when they showed up. Uh, they were like, where's the rest of the playbook? That's it. That's all Matt has gotten to. Like, oh my God, Matt, Patricia, what are you doing? Jacobs, last okay. year was so an all-time organizational disaster from a coaching standpoint. It just, it, it was all one time. of the craziest situations I've ever seen in all my years following okay. Boston sports teams. And who orchestrated what they did last year. Who was head coach? But the, the aging Bill Belichick. Hey, the Maverick. Okay. So here's the thing is, when we're discussing who's going to win the AFC East, the question shouldn't be, why isn't it the Patriots? Okay? It shouldn't be, like, the lead question. Because I would say that I would put the, I would pick the Patriots to finish last in the AFC East. And okay. I, I would pick the Bills to win the AFC East. Uh, because no. let's not forget a year ago, how did we feel about the Bills? They were, like, uh, top three yeah, teams we were in terms of they Super Bowl favorites. They got their asses kicked in the playoffs. Okay, let me tell you why. Because Josh Allen got hurt in the Jets game and was not right for the whole second half of the season. Like, he just okay. not was himself. And we, we all saw it on the field. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, look, um, he got a little hurt in this one game and it completely changed for the rest of the game. You said they haven't Jacobs, had anybody. Does Josh Allen say, play defense? I, 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 I forget. Oh wait, oh, wait, he doesn't? So when okay. the Bengals just completely manhandled them offensively and just, just overpowered them and everybody was like, whoa, the Bills defense. Man. They look really small. They look, they they just got overpowered, and then they fired the defensive coordinator. And now this year, it's like the Bills' defense still really good. It's like, is it? Um, I, with with Von Miller coming back, I am a little bit nervous. Is he going to come back? He's like in his mid thirties, and he it's, had like a serious injury last year. Losing Edwards is is a bigger problem for the Bills' defense than the health of Von Miller because he was a big part of what they did at linebacker, and they're leaning on Milano a lot. And um, their cornerbacks aren't the best, but their safety, I'd say Hyde and Poyer. You know, that's fine. one of the best safety, one of the best safety combos out there. Cool. And that's like the, the least valuable position in football. Okay. It's like that and guard. But you say, but you say they didn't add anybody. They they added Dalton Kincaid, who cool. is like give me all the rookie tight end stats for Gronk. It's like Gronk and maybe like one other guy who've had like really good rookie seasons. I've heard all of these arguments, Jacobs. It's just the only argument is Josh Allen is eleven wins every year. And it doesn't matter who's on his team. No, I mean, so if you're going to make that that's argument, pretty I, I don't have reductive. a counter. I don't have a, a counter. Reductive. No, it's just a like reductive. if Josh Allen in his prime, that's 11 wins. But that seems yeah. to be everyone's Bills argument. Yeah, I know, but that's a fair argument. Like when it's I'm, a fair argument. Yeah, I, I'm fair having argument. trouble cut with the, the comeback. I can't come back. <laughs> can't beat the guy. Can't beat it. Can't beat him playing the quarterbacks. I'm working on that part of my defense. All right, he's really good. Yes. Here's the the only thing. Like if Josh Allen, if if they decide, and I don't think it actually, it's, they always say this every year. If Josh Allen decides actually not to do any of these runs anymore, he becomes a far less effective quarterback. I think that's just something you say in, uh, in training camp. Like, ah, we're going to limit his runs. Like, he's still going to run. Or we're going to have it. Oh, we got everybody covered. Like, surprise, surprise. Josh Allen goes for 17 yards and like a back breaking, like third and 15. And it like breaks the game and we lose. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. Jacob's bottom ten time. offensive line, the Bills. Okay, is that is that true? Yeah, top 
top five rushing defense for the Bills. Yeah. Back on you. James Cook, schedule. breakout year. Um, Jets, a pressure off I already down. did a little on the Jets, but um, they They're can't block. The Jets can't block. Seems like yes. a problem. All the Rodgers stats are like, when he's under pressure, he's actually not very good. Okay, yep. well, they can't block. And then Robert Sala, who last year, I mean, if you're going to make a list of coaches from 1 to 32, not you guys, but people listening, you'll be surprised where Robert Sala ends up on that list as you're making it. You're like, well, well, he's not in the not in the top 10. He's not in the next 10 either. Now it's like, all right, he's like 24th, 25th. Um, I don't know. I thought coaching and blocking mattered in football. You throw in all the hype and all the all the press they're getting, and to me, there's more red flags than than green flags with them. Ooh, oh, I like that. Um, so, you know, the, really the good Jets, defense. No, no, they, the defense, the defense you know, will be good. You ever drive down the highway and you're sort of outside of urban areas, and you just see like one of those giant American flags, like huge giant American flags that looks like it weighs a thousand pounds. The Jets don't have a lot of red flags. They have one of those size red flags, which is the offensive line and protecting because their their skill positions, I mean, you can put up against any skill position in the league. Their defense, they've got, they've got like studs at every level. It's just the offensive line. And it feels a little bit like kind of like the Bucks last year. We're going into the season. We're all like, everything looks good for the Bucks. Super Bowl champs coming back. But, but there's some questions about the offensive line. And we saw how that played out. Like that would, that would be I my have comp serious questions Jets. about the coach. I it's have because you, if you're, like if you're listening to me, coach. Yeah, you start wondering like, do, would you rather have Dan Campbell or Robert Sala? Like, you start asking those those kind of. I'm questions. gonna. I'll just read. I, I'm gonna read you coaches and stop me when you when it's somebody you'd rather have Robert Sala than. Ready? Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, John Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel. All right, we're at ten or we're at nine. Sirianni, Brian Dayball, McDermott, Peterson. Zach Taylor, Matt okay, LaFleur. We're, we're in that. We're okay. We're good. We're, I think we're there. Mike McDaniel. Oh, no. no, we're Mike not there. McDaniel, I Frank like, I like Mike McDaniel a lot. Kevin yeah. Stefanski. Kevin O'Connell won 13 games last year. Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Dan okay, Campbell. Now we're there. Now we're there. Okay, now we're there. Right. Mike McCarthy. Pushing up on it, Arthur Smith. Okay. I'm pushing up on it, Arthur Smith. Man, I missed the 20 guys. He's never had a quarterback, and he may have mis he may have mismanaged the Zach Wilson thing terribly. I thought it was I thought it was bad to bring Flacco in because I felt like Flacco wanted to compete for the job, and that hurt his growth. I sneaky became like a Zach Wilson defender on just because I thought he was being mistreated. You see that run? The Zach Wilson thing wasn't great. Yeah, I just. Two red flags of them. Miami's got the two thing. Miami's the team I'm the most afraid of. I like with this division. Miami Tua could just play for four months, not take a bad hit, and they might be really good. You yeah, know, you see Tyreek. You can just close your eyes and see Tyreek streaking down the field. You're like, oh, I saw this one coming. <laughs> Jalen Waddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo like plus two seventy not to make the playoffs. Not to make the point. Can I? You know what? I just just remember this, okay? The Patriots yeah. will finish last in the AFC East. Okay. I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident about that. Tua's health is obviously a big question mark, but I'm I'm, I'm putting the Patriots as last in the AFC East. I think the, the the draft was a potentially franchise transformative draft. Getting Gonzalez a cornerback who I think is gonna every year there's one or two rookie cornerbacks who immediately are real guys. Like last year was Sauce. 
Yep. Um, mm. It was Terrell in Atlanta. Like these guys, uh, Sertan and Denver, these Sertan. guys can come Love in and right away they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to be that good for them. Watch out for the Jets. It, it's going to get early late for the Jets. The that first six Monday games are night, tough. The Monday night game against Buffalo is going to be immediately, there's going to be like people with their hair on fire right away for whatever team loses that game. Would you see and their schedule, after, the first four? They get their home the first Buffalo, six. At first Dallas, six. home New yep. England, home Kansas City, at Denver, which will be like the Denver Sean Payton Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. And then Philly, and then bye week, and then week eight. At the, the Giants. Giants, who I think the Giants, I, that's another one that teams, people are just writing off. They're over. I think like it's weird to play in New York. And then when you're, I always think that's an odd game when you're in yeah. your home stadium, but most people are cheering for the other team. Like, what's going on here? And then Chargers week nine. But what's interesting about a lot of those early games is pass rushes. Dallas has one. Dallas is probably the best defense in the league. New England. Eagles. Kansas City has Chris Jones. Yeah, Denver's defense might actually be good. Philly has probably the second best pass rush in the league, and the Giants have a bunch of pass rushers, and the Chargers have Bosa. It's so gonna be. We're gonna find out fast with that Jets offensive line, but there's a scenario where, you know, it just goes bad. sideways for them. Uh, all right, we're gonna take one more break, and then we have a bunch of, bunch of tiny topics. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. Hey, we're supported by NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV. If you're a displaced fan like myself living 3,000 miles away from my favorite team, the 2023 AFC East champs, the New England Patriots. <laughs> NFL Sunday ticket, a must-have that let you keep up with all your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games. It is right on YouTube and right on YouTube TV. The thing I'm most excited about, guys, is the four box because our previous Sunday ticket person Mm. decided that the four box should actually have a bunch of stuff on the left side and on the bottom. So it was four boxes there. YouTube TV is like, here are the four games. We got nothing else. These are just four awesome games. And Jacoby, how many games can you watch at once now that we're oh. older? Because remember back in the old days when you used to come over for Sunday football when you lived here, yeah, we would have the big TV and then I would have the three other games. I felt like I could watch everything. Now I feel like three is my max probably. Uh, for me, it's audio driven. And one thing I like about the four box is you can cursor between the different games and listen to that audio because yeah. I find watching watching is way different for me than watching and listening because it's for me, there's there's one game I'm watching and listening to. And then there's a bunch of games I'm just monitoring to see if I want to listen to. So what I like about the Sunday experience is switching which is sort of like my number one at that moment. If you see a touchdown, if you see someone in the red zone, you can toggle over and listen to that audio. That's my favorite thing about the experience. What about you, Wads? I think the cooler answer would be like, man, I watch, I could watch eight. I do two double boxes and I have two. You know what the real answer is? Like one and a half. I, I can't do it. I'm like, I will have it all up. And like, what happened? I'm like, did that happen? What game was that? I'll just be totally lost. It's the same reason I don't go to the movie theater. 
and like go into one movie like i'm gonna go check out the other movie i'll be right back like no dude you're gonna miss it (laughs) i I like three i like having the main game two others static and then toggling on the main game uh during commercials well thanks to nfl sunday ticket on youtube and youtube tv for sponsoring this segment truly the best place to keep up with all your favorite teams out of market sunday afternoon games right now Get $50 off your subscription when you sign up at youtube.com slash BS. That is youtube.com slash BS. Tap the banner, visit this episode's page to learn more. Terms and blackout restrictions apply. Offer ends September 19th. All right, we're going to do half-baked ideas. Before we do that, wow, it's just zone out for like 30 seconds. Jacoby, I just need your take on Marcus Jordan now engaged to Larsa Pippen, which I think is like kind of secretly the weirdest sports story we've had in a while. I just well, don't understand it. Explain this to us. You've dabbled in the underbelly of this world from time to time. Of dab- dabbled. Celebrities, athletes, page six, dab- weird dabbled. relationships. It's, yeah, I don't want to call it your wheelhouse, but it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, exactly. What's going on this, here? This is, this is really more of like a, a story about love because you look at Larsa Pippen and when this first started happening, you're like, well, this is clearly some sort of um, vengeance situation and that um, her actual natural love for this human being does not exist. But you have to spend time with someone, even if you are in a vengeful relationship. And then you have to wonder, like, maybe this relationship started with sort of nefarious intentions, but to be engaged is that just a, a, a grab for another headline and she has no intentions of marrying this person? Or are they actually sort of like accidentally in love with each other? That's sort of what so this So you think this is like, like the rom-coms that we grew up with where yes. it's like, oh, you have to go on one date with her. I'll pay you $200. It's like, fine, I need the money. But then you're like, oh, I kind of like this person. Do I think that's the case? No, I think this is actually like, hey, we need to do something to generate another headline to get back into the news cycle. I would say that that's probably 75% the truth. But there is a 25% of me that does believe in the fact that these two people got together sort of for the wrong reasons, yeah. but accidentally enjoyed each other to the point where they're in a real relationship. And, you know, I I don't think that they'll spend the rest of their lives together in holy matrimony, but there is a part of me that wants to believe in like the human spirit and they accidentally fell in love. It's a great rom-com. So in a rom-com at about the hour and 15 minute mark, Marcus would find out that Larsa wanted to start dating him just to make Scottie Pippen mad. Exactly. He would get some, like some cell phone video of her talking about it with a friend from like eight weeks ago. And then his feelings would be hurt. They'd break up uh-huh. and then she would show up at his door and they would be playing like boys to men song and we'd be ready to roll. They'd get back together exactly. and then the wedding. Yeah. Okay. Again, do uh, I think that is the case? No, but it, but it makes me think about that potential. Wilds. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have this on the agenda for you. Oh, Penalty kicks. I think we've all lost our minds. You know what works with the penalty kick? Just kick it in the top left corner. Nobody stops it. The amount of... A friend of mine texted me about this, and I was like, whoa, he's totally right. The amount of overthinking now with penalty kicks where it's like, I'll kick it straight at the keeper. They're going to dive one way or the other. I like that I'm going to do a stutter step, whatever. It's like, you know what works? Just blast it in the left left top corner. (laughs) I've never seen anyone stop left top corner ever in the history of soccer. Just do that. As hard as you can. Just, just blast a hard it. kick the left corner. Like that works. 
Now it's yeah. like we're doing this like it's like I'm playing chess now. They they think I'm going right. I'm going to pretend I'm going right. I'm going to stutter step left and then kick it straight. I do like Come it. Come on. I thought there were some <laughs> terrible, terrible Women's World Cup kicks. All right. You have that take on that. Uh, how about this? Twitter. <laughs> can, can I just celebrate the, the goalie jumping jack? I like when they do the jumping jacks before. Like, look how big my arms are. See my gloves? This is my this is my catch radius. Careful. Also, they you, you see it over and over again. Sometimes the goalie just comes off the line and they don't call it. And other times they call it. It's like block charge. We almost need Steve Jabby to come in and just tell us what happened. Um <laughs> Is Twitter dead, alive, or on live? Oh, come on, wilds? come on. Twitter is still the most efficient way to get sports news, highlights, and opinions. It might not be perfect, but maybe I've manicured my Twitter account to the point where it's still very efficient. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's buggy. The videos aren't playing. I'm like, I don't know. The Ellie De La Cruz highlight played for me. Uh, I'm getting my Shingoon highlights from FIBA. I'm feeling fine. But I I know you you thought it was actually dead. I feel like it as I, if no one if no one told me about anything, I would think it's the same exact experience. I feel like it's losing steam in a real way. It's just harder to find the tweets from the people I want to hear from, it, the the ads in there and just over and over again sending me to the for you page. It's like I just want to be on the page with the people I follow and that's it. And then Tweets popping up that I've already seen and well, know, some probes. Yeah. It just that it doesn't it doesn't feel like we're in a great spot, and maybe that's for the best. Um, I feel like you ever like I feel like Twitter ten years ago was like a really fun Friday night at a bar where there's like you're just like talking to different people and you're singing along the music and you're talking to strangers and everyone's having a good time and it just seems like hey we're all we're all the same. It's like Studio 54. Like we're all just here. And we come from different yeah. backgrounds and we're all just here to party together and have a good time. And now I feel like it's that bar when you know there's going to be a fight where there's just mean mugging each other. There's just a negative energy to it where if you look at the wrong person or say the wrong thing, there's just an energy to it that's very negative and very like I have to be on eggshells. You know, like it just seems like the under the undertone of it all has gone from positive to negative over the past decade. And that's one of my concerns about Twitter. So it, still it, Twitter's positive. turned into the Beacon Hill pub 25 years ago. Yes. But I will say this. At 1.30 in the morning. As much as I can criticize Twitter, like it, the numbers, the quantitative data is the quantitative data. It's the first thing I push with my thumb when my phone opens and I scroll yeah, on. It's great. It's the, and I spend a it's lot great. of time on it. Hey, like that's, that's, that, that's like, for me to criticize it, but my behavior is probably like the most true opinion I have on it. And I'm on Twitter often and a lot. Yeah. Often, you love often Twitter. And a lot. Sounds like you should buy yeah. some Twitter stock. Next topic. Next. Well, it's how much money should Otani make next year? Well, I, I read the pitching and the hitting contracts. If you broke them both out, it was around 740, I think. Um, I think Steve Cohen should just not only he needs to have a big splash as the Mets owner, it's also just the ultimate flex to the other owners in baseball. It's like, don't forget everybody, I have way more money than you guys. I would go an even nine hundred million dollars. Oh, I think you gotta go a billion if you're gonna do nine hundred. Just, well, just go a billion. Right. It's like I made him billion. the first billion dollar baseball player. Let's go. Done. Let's do it. Let's Done. go. A billion dollars. I am a billion dollars. 
he pitches 11 Anhead. years He's, for a billion dollars. A billion dollars. You're welcome, New York City. And there's and also if you buy the Mets, you've got the Yankees like constantly there. It's like, ah, the Yankees. Why were the Yankees so good? Like they always spent the most. Like now you go spend the most. Yeah. Get Otani. Huge. He's a, a literally a, everyone throws around generational superstar. Like, wow, once in a generation, like another quarterback in the draft is generational. Like four years ago, like I can't have this many generations, literally generations. Yeah. Get him, put him in New York City for you like 11 years, a billion dollars. He's not going to play in New York City. He wants to go. He wants to be in the West Coast. Well, Steve I, Cohen I, I is I vote for in the New Giants. I think the Giants are the most fun for him. You're on the West Coast. No, I just think it would be the most fun. San Francisco, you know, San Francisco kind of needs a boost. I don't know if you've seen what's going on there the last couple of years. Um, put him in the same city with Steph Curry. Put him in Pac Bell. We get to watch his balls just sailing into the water. It's the That'd most kind of cool. For me. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. I do like that. I wish they had yeah, traded left, for him. Left-handed yeah, home the, run hitter. Yeah, hitting into the, into the cove. Yeah, the that's kayaks go a long way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of kayaks. A lot of kayak markets. Like the Dodgers don't need him. The Dodgers. <laughs> The Dodgers are already like, we should buy a kayak company stock in San Francisco now in anticipation of Otani going <laughs> there. To get I should have said that smart. out loud. Inside of trading. Sorry. SEC. Yeah, like the Dodgers would be such, I mean, it'd be great for them, but such like, they're the Dodgers are already awesome anyway. Yeah. And they're already interesting anyway. Like we need him to make a team that, isn't that interesting, but still has some sort of value that will be in the postseason that's in a big city. And it just seems like it should be San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, last topic before we get to half baked. Dropping your kid off for college. Oh, yeah. Kind of overrated. Kind of overrated. Oh, what? Great take. Yeah. Great take. Yeah, thanks. This is one just of my helping best, people this is one of my best never fun. of all time. Helping people move is never fun, regardless. Um, moving, not fun. But also, you know, when my dad dropped me off at Holy Cross. In 1988, we didn't have FaceTime, we didn't have texts, we didn't have emails. And it was like, if we didn't talk on the phone, he didn't know what the fuck was happening with me. Like he, he mm. left and he's like, I don't know what's going to happen. My daughter, it's like, I, I just text her. Hey, what's going on? I can <laughs> see her on Life360. I know where she is. She can hmm. FaceTime me whenever she wants. It's not Great that take. traumatic. I thought it wow. was going to be way more, uh, way more uh, emotional and it's sad to say goodbye, but you know, it's not like she's in the Middle East. Like she's in a big city. She can fly to see us. And and I I just know where she is at all times and can talk to her whenever I want. I mean, so anyway. I'm gonna go. Can I just throw something out, Jacoby? I'm going yeah. 90% denial on this one. No, 90, it's like 98%. No, I disagree. I swear I've landed as I was flying home. I, I said, As I'm I was traumatized that my little girl is 3,000 miles away. I was like, no, I, I, I told I told Libby, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a pod with Bill. Um, yeah, he's coming back from Boston. He, he just dropped Zoe off at college. And me and Libby started to get emotional about I Zoe know. going to college. I, listen, <laughs> I think I'm doing a great job, guys. Well, I hear you, but I like where I was. Overrated. Like, not emotional ben, at all. Ben had it hasn't affected me head. at all, as far as you guys know. <laughs> yes. Ben refused to wear clothes. I didn't for two, go three into years. her bedroom at all yesterday. Just stare sadly at the dark made bed. No way. Overrated. <laughs> and missed the pile of clothes that were there. It was totally it's fine. This is gonna hit you just one. It's gonna be like uh, one song no, while it's you're totally driving. Fine. I'm you're doing like, great. Guys. Oh god. 
Guys, oh, God. Let's, let's, if we keep going, we'll make him cry. We can make him cry if we keep going. It's going to be songs that you heard together, drive certain highways that you used to take to where they're on soccer, on soccer road trips. Oh, this is going to be great. I was I was at Whole Foods Friday night and uh, waiting for Ben's bus to drop him off after the game that they got destroyed 28 nothing, And uh, and I was buying groceries and I reflexively started buying her kimchi. Because she loves and it. I just kind of froze for a second. I was like, there's no one in the house that likes kimchi, kimchi anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was the only one that ate the kimchi. Same thing for the pickle aisles. I was like, yeah, don't really need to get her pickles. God, she really likes pickled vegetables. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a very strange eater. All right, Wilds. It's half baked yeah. ideas that let's go. Ooh, Wilds has been giving half baked ideas on this podcast uh, since it was at ESPN way back when in the 0809 range, maybe 2010. Yeah. I don't remember when it started. And uh, he throws half-baked ideas at us, and Jacoby and I will react. So, what's your okay. first one? Uh, oh, let's see. You know, the the rollout of it, it's like an album. Where do you want to start with? Right, do you want to come out with a banger, or do you want to no, just set no, the mood of the album? Uh, this, this, I titled these ones, You're Sitting on a Gold Mine. Oh, okay. I like that. Good theme. And I'll, st- I'll start with a little bit of a story. And this is not when we were growing up. I wasn't working on the coal mines, but there was a little bit of a struggle with bouncy castles. When, there was a- when we were growing up, Jacoby, you'd be on a bouncy castle for eight minutes a year. Yeah. You would go to the carnival, take off your shoes, bounce around for eight minutes. The guy would be like, out of the bouncy castle. See you in 1987. Like, okay, thank you. Now they're ubiquitous. Every birthday party's got a bouncy mm. castle. Bouncy castle Tuesday at Tommy's. My kids are over there everywhere. So this is an example of something that everybody loved, and it just wasn't it wasn't um, distributed enough. There weren't enough of them. So I looked for other places like that. Here's the idea. Yeah. Lazy rivers everywhere. I love lazy rivers. I love Kobe, everyone loves ra- lazy rivers. Just tons of lazy rivers all around the country. Get the real estate, get a backhoe, build yourself a lazy river, get some tubes, and the it will be like Field of Dreams. If you build a lazy river, they will, they will come. come. It, should, oh, it should be like Starbucks. Hey, what are you doing yeah. about lazy river? What are you up to? They should, they should be like bars. They should be like meat no. shops in the city. All oh, of a sudden, there's, no. z- there's zero, and then all of a sudden, there's 500. No, also this, you, there should be like a, like a public transit lazy river that takes you from A to B and also goes from B to A. Great. It's Here's like how good that idea was. Like 10 years from now, yeah. somebody's going to say to me, they sold the New York Jets. I'm like, really? They did? Who'd they sell them to? The founder of LazyRivers.com, <laughs> Kevin Wilds. My friend Kevin Wilds? I didn't realize lazy. he just bought the Jets. <laughs> lazy right, rivers good, everywhere. All right. Good start. This one, I'm Love going to start rivers. with you're, you, you, I'm going to start with why you think it won't work. Okay. Yeah. You'd be like, won't work, Wilds. A, I don't know if it's allowed. It is allowed. B, it won't help you. It will probably hurt. And I'm telling you, it's wrong. Basketball gloves. Hear me out. Basketball gloves. Mm-hmm. Basketball gloves. Okay. Well, okay. this started when I show highlights on the show and it's the, the, Amount of one-handed catches, amazing one-handed catches, and then someone usually chimes in with like, well, gloves. Back in my day, Broussard's always like, back in my, I didn't have gloves. Like, the gloves are great. So gloves are great for for football. They work for football. Guess who else wears gloves? Quarterbacks wear gloves, 
They're like, really? Wearing gloves? Like, yeah, Tom Brady wore a glove. Baseball, wear gloves. Now you're even wearing gloves while you're running the bases. Give it a special mitten over your glove. So batting gloves, so baseball gloves work, football gloves work. Golf gloves. Golf gloves work. So now it's like, all right, COVID. Formula Formula One race car drivers. Got gloves. Hockey. What what does LeBron do before every game? What does he do before every game? Great take. He's constantly, how many times, I have very sweaty hands. How many times have you seen LeBron James rub his hands against his chest to try to get sweat off of them? It's a like, sweaty guy. That LeBron James. James is very concerned about the sweatiness of his hands, and I can relate. And guess what would solve that, Kevin Wells? I don't know. Do you have a word Basketball for that? Basketball gloves. Kobe wore gloves. He, he broke his uh, metatarsals, and someone made it. There's, he wore gloves for a long time. He's dunking with a glove. It was like a fingerless glove. It was sick looking. Yeah. It, was, it looked like a motorcycle yeah. glove. It was great. Basketball gloves. Are you buying that, Bill? Yeah, I would at least test them out. Thank you. Oh, two for two. Wilds is crushing. Next Great up. Job. Okay. Lifeguards need to see the whole ocean. They don't mm-hmm. just stand on, they don't stand, you know, eye level. They get up on a lifeguard stand. Yeah. Football coaches, life, Bill Belichick up on a lifeguard <laughs> stand. Ground level is too short. The offensive coordinator literally has binoculars sometimes. They put him in the cheap seats, like yeah. past the bleachers. No, man. Happy medium, lifeguard stand, pop up, see everything. First person to do it, immediate advantage, 100% work. I don't know. And people are like, well, I don't know if it would work. Well, lifeguards do it and they save people's lives. I think you could, I think, you could so that, call a blitz. I really like where you went with that. My fear on that one would be the sweep left where the guy's running, where he gets tackled kind of out of bounds and then flung and gets thrown into like the yeah, cameraman. Listen, but if he gets listen, thrown into hold the on. lifeguard, oh, it's reinforced. Somewhere there's a booger mobile. There is a booger mobile somewhere in like a deep Get warehouse in Br- Bristol. Oh but my here's God. what I thought when you said the lifeguard thing, I thought you were going with referees, not head coaches. Oh, that's good too, Jacoby. That works too. Uh, yeah, I like see, that. See, this is what the best half baked ideas are is to build upon. Like the tennis umpire yeah, sits like up on a lifeguard chair. And yes. they, so they can get a good view of everything. A basketball referee, maybe like some Mad Max stilts that they kind of like swing back and forth on. Yeah. But like a. No, uh, just for doing like, drywall. I think like, or just an elevated. And the goal line elevated, judges at the very least should be in lifeguard, yes, it, like lifeguard a, seats. An, an elevated view, should it, there should be like an umpire or a referee at a football game that just has a different perspective than ground level. That's fair. I wonder but, if they're worried it would block the fans. Mm. Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like it. That, that, I mean, that was a perfect half baked idea because it intrigued me. We were able to come up with some counters to it, but there, there's that will never happen there. I like the idea of Belichick sitting in a giant lifeguard thing. What coach would be the funniest to get knocked out of one of those? Probably, I don't know. Probably, <laughs> I mean, probably like Pete Carroll, right? Because he'd hop That'd up. Be and tough. Be like, I'm okay. I'm tough. okay. Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that would happen. All right. Uh, ready? Yep. We got classic Coke. You got Diet Coke. You got Vanilla Coke. You got Coke Zero. You got uh, Cherry Coke. A thousand different Cokes. You got Fountain Cokes, two liters, one liter, pans, miniature Cokes. Little glass bottle Cokes. Little glass bottle Cokes. Airplane Diet Coke. Comes with a little napkin. It has a little equilibrium on it. You have to you can only pour it if you're sitting down. You can only drink it if you're sitting down. Air, and it's specially formulated 
So however, how your taste buds get affected when you're in the plane and Diet Coke tastes great up there, airplane Diet Cokes. It's just a quick idea. Yeah, no one bets a thousand. You know what I mean? No one bets a thousand on these. Okay. This is going to sound like a gimmick, but you know what? Yeah. <laughs> As opposed so to lazy almost, rivers everywhere. <laughs> so, and basketball so a lot gloves. of the best ideas ever. Yeah. Basketball, eventually someone's like, hey, let's build the entire offense around shooting three-pointers. And they're like, yeah, wow, that worked. How come we didn't figure that one out? That was sitting there right in front of us. And then baseball recently, you know what the big revolution was? Let's build the entire offense around hitting home runs. Like, yeah, buddy, try to hit it out the ballpark. That works. Football, we're halfway there. Like, let's throw the ball. Sure. What do you think about this? Now, Bill, I'll throw it to you. An entire offense, not just part of the offense. This is the first drill we do. It's the 12th drill we do. And we put our conventional plays on the fringe. An entire offense methodically drilled and based around laterals. Oh, like a rugby offense almost. Yes. Yeah. It's like, all right, now once you catch it, what do you do with it? Like, like Travis Kelsey was trying to do these laterals on his own. Like, the, I could see the Chiefs actually doing this. And everyone's so afraid of, afraid of the people with the best hands in the entire world and the guys who are the best catching the ball in the entire world are afraid of having Travis Kelsey throw them a, you know, two-foot lob. An entire offense. An entire offense should go beyond laterals. So I feel the same way about this idea that I feel about when Patino tried to do the full court press, <laughs> which I still think was a good idea. Yeah. But he just, he didn't, he, he forgot the part that guys making a lot of money or veterans don't want to be in a press. But if you brought in, I wrote about this in my book, the five worst guys on your team become your press guys and they just come in for four minutes. And it's like, oh, I like that. For four minutes, it's going to suck for you guys because we, We've practiced this. These are our press unit. Same yeah. thing like with the ladder. Oh, here comes the lateral package. That's great. <laughs> and we it's like it you're in midfield. It's like, oh my God, the lateral guys are out there. And then it's just like kind of a gimmick for like, you know, five plays. And you know what the gimmick is? When they don't lateral. Like, oh, it's not a lateral. <laughs> Put well, play action. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm for anything that makes the other team have to prepare for something during the week. Because you always hear about how, oh, they got to prepare. Like Malik Cunningham on the Pats, like he should be the third quarterback and they should run a package in week one with him because then after that, every week they're going to be like, fuck, it's Wednesday. You know, they got that Malik Cunningham guy. We got to at least, all right, so when he comes in, we got to practice for that. Now it's like another thing you have to worry about. I'm offering more things for people to worry about. Totally. You're just burning hours of footage. Yeah. Uh, Belichick mentioned Taysom Hill. Oh, Belichick mentioned they did this in 1947. Can someone go to the micro the library and see if we've got that game film? He's going to be able to pull it off. Love it. Wow. So what's your next half baked idea? This is my, this, this is a big, this is too boring, but it's, it, you know what? It's not too boring. It's a great, it's a great idea. It's a, a <laughs> it's so stupid. Just, it's just a chip brand called too much salt and vinegar. Too much. Too much salt and vinegar. Oh, oh yeah. barbecue sauce. Too much barbecue chips. That's it. Too uh, much. Oh, uh, hold on, Kevin. Can I say one of the greatest things you've ever taught me? Wow, sure. Is that one of the stories was that um, your I think it was your grandfather would order like Italian subs and say, "Give me oh, more is... oil and vinegar than you think I want." 
I yeah. say that all the time. I'm like, give me more than you think I want. It's just kind of like piggybacking on like the, the too much. Like it's just like sometimes I'll order something and be like, give me more Dijon mustard than you think I want. Because that's how that's much exactly I want. right. People are like, like, Wilds, are you good at basketball? I'm like, I'm a little bit better than you think I am. Yep. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we we were working on ideas with this person who every time they came in, they would bring food, like they'd bring like cupcakes or whatever. Prince Just Harry. a really nice guy. And one time he brought in these gourmet chips that I'd never heard of. Mm. And they were like the best chips I'd ever had. So I went and bought a bunch of them because there were these different flavors. And one of them was a barbecue. And it was actually too much barbecue. It was the only time I've ever had <laughs> potato chips. So I'm like, wow, this is just an overpowering amount of barbecue. My barbecue yep. chip. My point is that's the only time I've ever been overwhelmed. Yeah. Where I was like, wow, that's actually too much. I don't think there's too much salt and vinegar on a salt vinegar chip for me. There, there's a lot of room for growth, let's just say. There is. Because really I was like, how could I just make the saltiest, vinegarist chip? But then you got to be careful. You're like, wow, we put 200 milligrams of salt on each chip. Someone's going to come in, you know, a disruptor brand and be like, we put 210. So you just oh, yeah. go over the top. We do like too much. Whatever Bro, the competitors got, too much. We were putting too she much on. Cheez-Its came out with extra toasty. You didn't even realize that toasty was a variable in Cheez-Its, but they have extra toasty now and my kids go crazy for it. Extra oh, toasty Cheez-Its. Mine's the most toasty. The most toasty. You, you know what my Starbucks afternoon order is? No. If I'm there at Starbucks, I get the Trenta iced coffee with extra ice. Because ne I'm never that. satisfied with the amount of ice in the large iced coffee, but if you have the if you do the Trenta and they put the extra ice in it, then it's like the right amount. And it's still this basically the same coffee. It's just colder. Isn't that just a like a wine bottle filled of iced coffee? You're consuming that much it's coffee. Great. It looks like a trough. I love it. I'm wired for like six I, hours after. It's great. I thought they I'm old. Took it I off the menu. I thought they took the Trenta off the menu. No, Joe, Joe House gets the Trenta red eye. He does an iced <laughs> coffee with like a giant iced coffee with two espresso shots in it. That is not true. No, it really is. Trenta are are you being? Are you surprised that Joe House like goes a little too hard when it comes to consumption of Jeez. food and beverages? It's a lot of caffeine. It's a lot of caffeine for House. I found this picture from February that that House sent me that it was just seven eaten uh, ten thousand dollar bar wrappers, just the wrappers, and he was like, "I'm so upset that Anthony Davis made the NBA seventy five team. I ate these seven candy bars from Halloween." <laughs> $70,000. Just, <laughs> just randomly. Um, all right, Wilds, any more half-baked ideas? No, that's all my half-baked ideas. That's, a, that's the, the oven is empty right now. Or there's still some quarter-baked, but we'll see you next yeah. time on those. Jacobs, you have anything before we go? I'm just here in Detroit for the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy Golf Tournament Classic, and it's a wonderful event. And if you want to support, you can go to jrladetroit.com. Nice. Pistons, like... A little momentum for them this year? What's going on? Oh, there? you hear about Cade? You hear about Cade and the USA Select team in the Luca role? I, I'm, I'm a, my very quick parting take would be this. I think we all forgot about Cade Cunningham and Chet Holmgren. And I, I think that, Chet. Like, like I'm, I'm big, I'm big on Chet this year and I'm big on Cade. I think that we just haven't physically seen them play basketball in so long that we just kind of write them off as non entities. But I think they're both, they're both going to make a splash on their respective teams. Ooh. I have a take off that take is I think people forget how good Derek White is. 
Ooh. And it's like, oh, Derek White with the car keys and the steering wheel. Wow. Oh, so we're so when Josh Allen doesn't perform good. in one playoff game and you write him off for a season, but Derek White, all of a sudden, uh, we forgot how good he is. Okay. One playoff game? One playoff game? We're back to Josh. It's just the red zone interceptions that killed him. Just put a pin. Put a pin in your in your. The, the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Okay, just put a pin in that. Jacoby, in that you're going to be out. Jacoby. Right? When the Patriots are rolling, don't be like oh, I'm from, actually from Massachusetts. I always like the Patriots. Oh no, 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 I'll be alongside Westside Gun no. cheering on the Bills. That's probably doing me, Conway. Okay. He's like I Quad love, State, well, Jacoby. See, he to claim all the tri-state things plus Massachusetts. Wilds, we can watch you on First Things First, which I'm sure finally we have some content again yeah. to discuss. You guys are back. Um, We're back Monday, 3 to 4.30 every day. Good to see both of you. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Jacoby and Wilds. Thanks to Kyle Creighton and Steve Cerruti as well. And I'm going to be back on Tuesday with another one. And then Thursday with another one after that. Don't forget about rewatchables coming on Monday night. And then our new election podcast. Somebody's got to win. First one launches on Monday. Please check it out. Tell us what you think. See you on Tuesday. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.